Hi, today's episode, we're going to talk about fishing. And joining me is Anthony from our human support team who handles all kinds of funky, gnarly, wild fishing and such a ugh, gooey stuff, all kinds of craziness uh, that's going on in the email world. Uh, Anthony, thank you so much for joining. It's a pleasure to be here, Jason. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. And, you know, so let's get right to it. What in the world is fishing? And it's pH, right? Not it's it's pH in a yeah. bad way. <laughs> yeah, pH in a bad way. It's all off balance. Um, so fishing essentially is someone uh, maliciously sending you an email going after something. That's kind of where the term comes from. They're throwing out something and they're going to see if they can hook you and pull something in. Um, basically, it covers a couple ranges of of different things people are after but typically um, these people are after one of two things mm -hmm. they either want your email credentials so that you can be used your account can be used as another cog in their fishing machine or the good stuff they want you to send them some money mm. um, those are really the two types of phishing that people will will see um, as people trying to get their email credentials or get them to make a financial transaction and and they'll actually look like someone that you know, right? That's kind of like the, the scarier part of it. Yes, yes. So that's a technique called um, spoofing. Hmm. And uh, there's, there's a few variations on that. Um, the simplest one and the most common one is they'll make an account on, you know, Hotmail or whatever, and it'll be anything, the actual address, but they'll set their name as a name you know, mm. uh, like a boss or a CEO or a friend or something, um, or they might make it look like a account of a vendor. So they might make an account that's like Microsoft at hotmail.com, but it'll be spelled kind of weird. And if you just glance, you'll be like, oh, that's Microsoft. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a technique called spoofing. And that's usually what it does. Now, sometimes they can be extra tricky and it will look like it's actually coming from that person's email address, your boss's email, your coworker's email. Um, that's kind of a higher level of spoofing. But uh, at the end of the day, it's the same thing. It's not actually their address. What would that actually look like? So just so I understand the difference between kind of, it seems like if I saw a Hotmail account, I'd be like, wait, that's a little odd. Yeah, that, like, that, that, that one like it. <laughs> yeah, that would. Those are, those are kind of the easier ones to spot. Um, the other ones, it just taking a cursory look at who the email is from, um, it's, you can't really tell. So that's where you need to be a little bit more vigilant, looking at things like the content of the actual message, what you're being asked for, um, and just kind of paying attention to um, the wording of things. Because 99% of these are sent by people who English is not their first language. So there's a lot of just like odd grammar and stuff. That's usually a pretty big tip off that something's out of place. Um, so it's really just about, you know, being vigilant about the content of, of the emails you're reading and reacting to. Now, when you discuss it, it sounds like something that most people would be like, oh, I would never click on this or accept this message. <laughs> However, you know, it's, is, it, is it because there's a sense of urgency that they use that they create? Or I, I guess what I'm trying to understand is from your experience, how do people get fooled? Yeah, well, it's, um, these guys do a lot of legwork. Hmm. Um, so they'll, they'll, like in the example where they're trying to make it look like a coworker, um, you know, 
they can go and collect a lot of information that's freely out there. They can go on your company site and they're going to find out the CEO's name and his email address. And they're going to find out the you know person who does accounting, the controller, someone with access to money stuff. They're going to find you know your name and your email address on the company website or on LinkedIn, on Facebook. Um, you know, it's it. They just need to put a little bit of legwork in. A lot of this information is out there, so it's quick to see. Okay, well, this is coming to me, and I'm the money person, and it's coming from the CEO. And you know, it's just a short to the point message that says, "I need you to process a payment." Um, you know, if you're in a busy day or something, it's easy to just see that and roll with it. Like you know, on the surface, everything looks above board. You know, right. um, so they, they put a lot of legwork into it. That's that's one method of uh, sort of getting people to fall for this. Um, the other method is creating these elaborate hoax login pages. They may, for example, send you an email where they're masquerading as Microsoft and they'll say, oh, your email's been compromised. Click here and log in and we'll reactivate it. And it directs you to a malicious site where the login looks completely identical to your usual mail login. So again, if you're just taking a quick, you know, you see, oh, my email's locked, you know, I'm gonna get this fixed quick. And the site looks the same, again, you know, if you're just looking on the surface, everything looks to be above board. So you put in your credentials and you don't think of anything of it. You know, your email keeps working. It never actually stops. So you're like, oh, I guess that was fine. Um, or they'll send something like a Dropbox link or a DocuSign link. It's a, and it's maybe a client or something like that. And they're saying, hey, I want you to review this paperwork. And again, you click the link and it looks like a DocuSign page or a Dropbox page, um, but it's asking for something a little bit different. It's asking you to put in email credentials. Hmm. Um, so a lot of legwork goes into making these spoof pages. Um, it's frustrating they don't put their powers to good use, their powers and time to good use, but uh, this is what they go for. Um, and let me pull up. If it's okay, I wanted to actually just, I wanted to take it back a little bit. Just there was two, the, the first two examples in particular were mm -hmm. um, just so I, the first is if let's say a, C, a CEO, she, you get a message from her, it blasts out and either you're an accountant or maybe you're just someone on the staff that communicates with the CEO or doesn't and right. you get a message from you're like, Oh man, I better act on this now. Right. Or I'm going to be in trouble. And so right. what would that message have? Like, what is the action for that person that the recipient to do? Is it like, is there a file, a link or how does, how does it typically work? So typically with those, what they'll do is, is they'll either ask you to, buy gift cards, most often iTunes gift cards. Okay. They'll say, hey, I need you to buy $500 iTunes gift cards and send me the codes on the back of them. Um, or they'll say, hey, here's an account to do a wire transfer um, and do it by, you know, as soon as possible. Um, so those are the first two. And, you know, especially with that gift cards thing, like I, I can't imagine that's too common of an ask of anybody. So mm -hmm. again, you just need to be really conscious of the content of the message you're getting. Like, why would this person ask me to go buy gift cards? Mm -hmm. um, or, or, you know, why does their wording seem strange or clunky? Um, their sentences, it just doesn't sound like them or their signature doesn't look right. Um, so that's where you just need to like, anytime you get an email where you're being asked to make a financial transaction like that, it's, you know, um, you just need to kind of take a beat, take a minute to read it and be like, am I sure? Um, and there's one foolproof way to be absolutely sure you're not, um, doing something wrong, and that's to call the person who allegedly sent it to you. Right. Uh, 
So that's sort of the magic bullet, unfortunately, is to just pick up the phone and go, hey, did you want me to buy $5,000 worth of uh, Chili's gift cards for some reason? <laughs> um, that's kind of the magic bullet. Now, of course, uh, obviously, if, you know, it's if being sent purportedly by, you know, your CEO or something, they're not always available. Um, but just take a beat and it's worth to at least even just send them an email directly don't even reply to what you got if it looks odd just send them an email directly or reach out to their assistant or something and just say hey i got this message and this seemed a little strange and i just wanted to confirm before we sent company money out for something like this um because i i've promised like 99 percent of the time it'll be okay that you waited to make sure that something was okay rather than sending a few thousand dollars of company money uh often often to the world Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think that, I think even though it is a little bit, I could, I could see the person being a little reluctant to wanting to pick Certainly. up a phone because of, you know, the last thing you want to do is look silly. Certainly. Um, but Hey, if, if it's, if it's any kind of dollars being passed, I think looking potentially looking a little silly versus potentially doling out some company cash, mm -hmm. I think they kind of, there's a certain weight to the, to the, mm -hmm. the the silliness factor there. <laughs> yes, I, I completely agree. And again, this isn't like, you know, your day-to-day -day functions involving money. This right. is, these are very odd circumstances. Like no, nobody's typically getting these kind of requests um, sent in an email in this fashion um, to just do a wire transfer or just buy some gift cards. So um, mm. the, it shouldn't come up enough where you'll get on anybody's nerves too much. I think it'll probably the, uh, it'll outweigh uh looking silly to just be sure on these couple of odd instances now and before we go into the 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 way that phishing looks for let's say vendors mm -hmm. the last thing i wanted to touch on was the what like the actual ways that people uh like the some of the indicators in the message beyond you know, just requesting money. Uh, do you ever see attachments or what are, I guess uh, the other part of it too, is this will go out essentially to the whole staff and they only need one person to make the mistake, right? Right. One person who, who has access to, uh, to the piggy bank pretty right. much is all, is all that needs to make the mistake. Usually it'll be a little bit more targeted. They'll, they'll email each person individually because the more people they email you know if you yeah. send in a request for money to 15 people you'd be like why is you know why is george on this he he yeah. doesn't do anything with finances um so it'll usually just be a one-to-one -one email to kind of minimize how many people can get wise to them okay. um but as far as what it looks like um really again it's the that initial email is almost always just some text and it just says hey i need you to do this can you do it um they're kind of putting out a feeler to see if if uh you've got someone on the line gotcha. um, that's that's the bobber to, of their phishing attempt um so just so, replying to the message is really the first way, way the action occurs inside in many cases mm -hmm, exactly yeah just just replying to the email kind of gives them like oh okay i got i got one here time to continue you know pursuing this um now, if I was to receive a message from someone like that, now is, is, is this still phishing? Like if I receive a message and let's say there's a PDF attachment mm -hmm. and I'm like, this is a little weird, but let me just click on this PDF to see what's going on. Could this initiate something else entirely? Um, so typically with an add-in like PDF with phishing, 
um, it'll usually just be a PDF that has a link to click and then it'll take you to some website where it'll ask you to put in your credentials. Okay. Um, there also may sometimes be like Microsoft Office documents, Word files or Excel files that can um, have macros on them, which is just this little programming language that's used within Microsoft Office or Microsoft Excel. And that again can, can direct you to a malicious website. Um, so attachments can be used and uh, often are, especially for masquerading as a vendor or making a malicious link look like something like a Dropbox link or Google Drive link. Um, so those would be used a lot of the time, um, but there's nev it's rare that something would get through where like you click it and it puts a virus on your computer and you no longer have control of your computer. Um, okay. that's, that's pretty rare with modern business spam filtering and stuff um, it, and modern antivirus. So that's pretty rare. That really doesn't happen too much. Um, again, it's, it's really about like the social engineering and tricking you into giving them what they want. Interesting. All right. Now let's jump into the next one, which you were talking about, which is, it might look like as simple as, Hey, you're, you know, were you trying to access your account? It got locked out. Do you need to change your password or something mm -hmm. of that nature? And you mm -hmm. said it could look like Microsoft. It could look like any various, any, any type of vendor that you might utilize. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And let me, I've got an example right here. I'm going to pull up just to give oh, a little awesome. visual here. I hope you're enjoying the show. We'd love to get to know you. We help creative companies get work done by delivering a simple, strategic, and human IT experience. If you'd like to talk to one of us, go to rippleit.com slash sign me up. We'd love to get to know you more. Thank you, and back to the show. All right, so what I'm showing here is an example where a fisher will try to masquerade as a vendor, um, in this case, your email provider. Um, so you can see looking at this email, it looks very similar to a Microsoft email. Yeah. Um, down to the layout, the font, the text, um, the color scheme. This looks very similar to a, a Microsoft auto-generated message. Yeah. So it'd be easy to see this and say, okay, let me go ahead and click and sign in. Um, and make sure everything's safe with my account. And when you do click this button, the uh, review recent activity down at the bottom, it's mm. going to take you to a login page that looks just like your usual Microsoft login or very similar. Wow. Uh, but it's not actually going to. So when you see this and you see oh, my account's breached, you know, it's easy to just kind of want to jump to action, mm. uh, of course. But there's a couple of tip offs for this. Okay. So the first is, that Microsoft will pretty much never email you directly. Um, I know some email providers will say suspicious activity or new login, in particular Google Apps will do that. Um, and they'll tell you there's been a new device login, but Microsoft never does. Mm -hmm. uh, anything like this will come to your administrator. So if you get an email from Microsoft saying something's wrong with your email or your computer or something, um, 99.9% .9 of the time, it is going to be a scam email, um, not legitimate, just a phishing attempt to get you to put in your email credentials. So this stuff would go only to your admin. So your whoever's providing you IT support, mm -hmm. that's who would get the message, not yeah, you. Not you. So anytime you get a message about you know your account being breached or sign-in activity, anything like that, um, it's always a good idea to take pause because you really shouldn't get those. Mm -hmm. uh, 
So that's sort of the first tip off that something's out of place. You know, you shouldn't be getting these kind of messages. Sure. Um, so the second one is if you look up at the top, it says Microsoft team is the sender, but then you see it's at outlook.com. Mm. Now Microsoft sent owns outlook. So it'd be kind of easy to think, well, maybe that's them, but um, anything that's coming from Microsoft will say at microsoft.com. Right. Um, you have to keep in mind anytime you see a domain like at outlook.com or at gmail.com, anything that you can just publicly sign up for um, and create an account, um, nothing official is going to come through that kind of account. Mm. Um, so that's again where you need to be vigilant of checking who the message is actually coming from. Um, Out of curiosity, let's say someone just forgets their brain for a moment and does mm -hmm. click on the link. Are you pretty much out of luck at this moment or is there still an opportunity yeah. to kind of back away? <laughs> no. So when you pull that link up, it's going to bring you to a sign in page. Yeah. It's going to ask you to put in your email address and password. Yeah. That is always somewhere you should take a hard stop. Okay. Um, they have nothing until you type it in and hit enter and then they've got everything. Right. Um, there's nothing you should ever need to put your email address and your email password into outside of actually viewing your email. So something like an Outlook application or a bookmark you have saved to check your email online or in your phone when you're setting up your email. Um, no, no other application, be it you know Dropbox, DocuSign, um, anything like that will prompt you to put in those credentials. And again, Microsoft will never email you directly for something like this where you need to sign in. Mm. Um, anything that's being sent purportedly by Microsoft and wants you to sign into your email address is, is going to be something phony. If there's ever something that needs to be checked, it'll be done by your IT staff. They'll, they'll go in and they'll take care of it from there. Um, so that's another, that's the, the reddest red flag yeah. is anytime you're being put in your email credentials, um, you're almost certainly in a trap. What are some ways to be a little bit more proactive in terms of, you know, trying to just prevent from even getting these types of messages if there is such a way? So there's not a ton of ways to be proactive. Um, Really, these messages come from what look to be benign addresses, like I said, just somebody's Outlook or Gmail or something of that nature. Yeah. So they're going to get through a lot of the time. Um, now, your IT staff could crank up your spam filter a ton, but then you'd see a lot of legitimate messages not coming through. Sure. And it's kind of that balance. You have to find that balance with spam with we want to stop the bad stuff from coming in, but we don't want to slow down our business by having to wait and review every single email from a new client sure. um, and whitelist it. So there's not a ton to be done proactively. As I mentioned, um, they will usually find your email address off of a company website or something, something that's publicly out there available, or if maybe a client or a colleague has had their email breached, they're going to rip a copy of their contacts and everything. Um, so it may have been, got that way. Someone you emailed at some point in time had their email breached and their contacts copied. Um, so unfortunately, there's not a, a lot that can be done proactively without, you know, being a little overboard on the spam and blocking a lot of good messages. So again, that's why it's important to be really vigilant when you're reading your emails and, and um, 
in particular, any that are asking for a financial transaction or that are asking you to sign in something. Gotcha. So, um, so really at the end of the day, it's, you have to just sort of, this is a new age of experiencing yeah. email as you just need to be, you need to be proactive in mm -hmm. verifying what it is that you're reading. Exactly. Um, you just need to make sure to take a beat. And if you're ever not sure, of course, you can always forward in your email to us. Mm -hmm. and, uh, we're always happy to take a look and can verify things for you if you're not sure. Um, but outside of that, yeah, you just, you just want to take a minute before you hastily um, put in your credentials somewhere. You want to be sure you're putting credentials in the place you mean to. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's just kind of the way of the world, unfortunately. Fishers have gotten, has become a more and more popular uh, job title these days, um, you know? Um, and it's just something we all have to adjust to and just kind of keep an eye out for. Excellent. I'm trying to think of, so I guess two-factor authentication, better, you know, good, antivirus malware protection um anything else that kind of like a like yeah. just some extra layers that will yeah. help so like i mentioned antivirus yeah. will help but for the most part with fishers um it's about getting you to do the work and just right so that won't help too much now two-factor is huge um because with two-factor even if you give them your credentials they can't sign in unless they have access to that second factor authentication, which, you know, they never should. That should be something on your cell phone. Yeah, um, yeah. Two factor can be a tremendous help. Um, that will pretty much not allow them to actually log into anything, even with your username and password. So two factor is one thing that can really stop this kind of stuff dead in its tracks, at least as far as giving up your email credentials. Now, two, will two factor help if someone asks you to do a wire transfer and you do? Unfortunately not. No, no, no two-factor on that one. That's, maybe there is. That's uh, something for the banks to answer. Um, but uh, it can definitely help if you're worried about putting your credentials in on a site. And if someone will access your email and masquerade as you to get more people um, with two-factor on authentication, but, you know, there's no way that they can do it. Right. Now, just so I understand, and I, I'm, I have these conversations with people that I say phishing, and, you know, usually the, the eyes glaze over, right? It's like, but then when I start to say, look, there are malicious people trying to get yeah. you to do something. Mm -hmm. And so these doings could be uh, sending money through either a wire transfer through gift cards. These doing somethings could be providing login credentials to your systems. Mm -hmm. um, now that to me seems like the wire transfer thing seems like a a huge pain like a uh, like if especially if it's a substantial amount of money it could be crippling right mm -hmm. whereas with the login it seems like if you can provide someone your login that's a whole other ball game because you're giving them access to your systems right right i mean you're you're, you're giving them access to all of your emails so anything company sensitive anything you've emailed with sensitive information if you've got any emails that maybe have corporate credit card or something on there, some kind of payment information, um, it's, you know, they've got it all. They've got access to all that. And it's very common for your email password and your email 
address to match the kind of username and password you use for other things, um, for other websites, for other logins, you know, whether it be to your computer, to VPN to get on your network. Um, maybe it's the same password you use to log into the bank for the company's accounts. Um, you know, it's, it's very often a password that leads to multiple things. And, and once you put it into one of those sites and stuff, I mean, it, it's out there. Mm. Uh, and a lot, for a lot of people to grab and, and, and try wherever they might, you know? Right. So both can be, both can do a lot of damage. It's, it's, it's certainly not uh, good. And also if someone has access to your email, um, maybe if there's nothing they can specifically get from you, um, now they've got your contacts and everything. So anybody they didn't know in the company, they do now. Mm. And they can send an email that's coming from your email server and say, hey, go ahead and sign in on this thing. I'm sending you this Dropbox. Um, and then maybe that's how they get the CEO's information, or the CTO's information. Um, so it kind of spreads again like a virus viral right uh, so seems like there's a whole nother level too of just unfortunate embarrassment right i mean it could be embarrassment for your brand your organization definitely the person you know like that certainly yeah if, if emails are coming out to your clients from you and your email's breached and then you have to send a follow-up like hey please don't click that link my my account is breached it's like well, what else are, are these guys not really thinking about if they're falling for this? Or is this a company that, you know, are, are we safe to provide them with payment information because their system's been breached? Um, so having to send out an email like that's never fun and, and never a great look. So, um, yeah, it, it can definitely hurt your brand. So it seems like the most common thing besides just any time you get anything suspicious, if it's from a vendor and it says, hey, your logins are weird, or if it's from your CEO and she never asks you for money, or even if she does, it's just better to pick up that phone and call. Mm -hmm. There's also the other fail, seems seemingly fail safe or close to fail safe is at the very least, check the sender address and really understand who it's coming from. Absolutely. That's, that's, that's definitely the first, if you're like that message doesn't look quite right. That's definitely the first place to take a look. Um, because it's real easy to tell if, you know, if you see that the return address is a B X Y at gmail.com and you're like, well, that's, that's, uh, that's not George in accounting. That's not his address. Um, so that's, that's a great first place to look, um, for sure. That's, that's definitely the first, first great place to start. Excellent. So pick up the phone, check the address. Um, and then if you accidentally click on the link, really, really be sure that you're doing the right thing there. Um, and I, I mean, I pretty sure I speak on behalf of any it support personnel, they would much rather you, even if you t did click on it, there's no harm in just saying, Hey, I clicked on this. I don't think I should have, I didn't enter any information whatsoever, but man, I just, I don't get the warm and fuzzies about this. I never get log in information. Mm -hmm. You just tech, tell me what I should be doing next. Yeah, ab absolutely. And even if you do put your credentials in and you think maybe that wasn't right, um, you know, come to us and let us know. Cause it, it's very rare that you'll put this information in and then five minutes later it'll turn around and get you. So usually, takes a little bit there's a little bit of a period so if you let us know you know pretty quickly after like hey I don't think this is right and we see that no it wasn't that you put your credentials into a malicious site you know we go in we change all your credentials and everything and then that's it they've got nothing yeah um, we make sure you're not using that password on anything else and and uh, before they've even 
actually looked at your information, it's already out of date and there's nothing further they can do. Um, so, so there's definitely, there's, there's definitely room for if, if something does go wrong to, to reach out, let us know. Um, and, and we're always happy to review an email, to review a site you clicked on, anything like that. Um, you know, we're always happy to do it. What if an organization is like, man, we just dealt, we just had this phishing attack. We feel like we just got over it. And now there's another one. It, I mean, is that, is, are there repeat offenders? Does it happen sometimes? You're like, man, I can't shake yeah. these folks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. So kind of, this is anecdotal, but what I've noticed is that usually, uh, you know, some scammers will kind of get their eye on a company and they'll just barrage it for a little while. There'll be a couple of weeks where they're just sending fish after fish, especially if there was a successful one, they're going to want to try again, you know, and they're going to keep going back to you. And if after a couple of weeks they get nothing, they're going to stop and move on. Um, and that's not to say another group of, of fishers might not come along a month or two later. Um, unfortunately, it's just, it's something that's not going away. The problem is, is here and it's here to stay. Um, so you always have to kind of keep your guard up when you're reading, reading any emails that, uh, that, that uh, are just out of the ordinary. Um, but usually it'll kind of come in waves like that. Get, you'll get a lot for a little while and then they'll move on. Now, what if it is the CEO example and she's like, I have to have this stop. Like these folks need to stop sending messages that look like it's coming from me. Is there an answer to that? So there are, there, there are different levels of spam tools that can block that kind of thing. Okay. Um, so if someone sends an email and they're using a spoof where they try to make it look like it's coming from your company email, you know, where you look at the send from and it shows, you know, Tim at your company.com. Um, there are things called SPF records that are put in a DNS by your IT staff that will block anything like that. So if we see an email coming in that matches our domain, but it's not from the servers we use, it just gets stopped, period. It won't ever hit you. Um, now, outside of that, there are different levels of spam filters for that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, where there's certain trigger things like, and uh, maybe it has a list of possible triggers. And if a message meets a certain number of those, it'll block them. So you could have it say, you know, if the name of the person matches the name of someone in your company and the first part of their email address matches this person's email address, it's just, you know, block it. Mm -hmm. um, so that can help a lot with those where it's masquerading as, as another part of your company. Um, but again, those, those can only be, sort of so effective, you know, they don't, it's, if the person makes it different enough, um, or it's just one thing, you know, they show their name as the CEO's name, but the address is totally different. Um, those spam blockers are still going to let it through because it's only failing on one of those several checks. Um, and if we crank things up enough so that one check would fail something, uh, you'd have a lot less email coming in. Yeah, <laughs> and the, you, you'd have you'd have some less malicious email, but you'd have some less legit ones too. And um, again, that's where it's just it's such a balance with spam. It's 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 tough call. Um, just because again, if you're waiting hours and hours for um, some emails because it's getting caught in the spam filter, um, that's costing you time. That's costing you business. Definitely. So you have to find a compromise essentially you know not, not nothing where everybody's happy but something where you can live with it um where the really obvious egregious stuff is blocked but this trickier stuff is unfortunately still going to come through to allow legitimate emails to come through as well right wow this has been extremely 
uh, helpful. And I think a lot of folks will benefit from it. Um, definitely some great tips that I'll try to put together in some show notes for everybody. Um, but it seems like the overarching theme here is really be careful when you get a message from someone that's requesting any type of financial request, spend the two extra minutes it takes to take a real good look at it mm-hmm. and try not to click on anything until you go, you know, let me just call him or her up and just go, did you send this? And if that person's not available, if they have an assistant or something like, just get some verification, some human verification mm-hmm. really makes the difference. And that yeah. second thing is check that sending address, make sure that that isn't from a Gmail and outlook X, Y, Z at vendorname.com. And then for vendor stuff, if you, if you have an IT support specialist working with you and it comes from Microsoft, there's about a 99.9 chance, chance that that's not legit because it mm-hmm. should go to their IT admin to begin with. Um, and even, it, even if it is uh, from a different vendor, no harm in just reaching out to your IT support specialist, say, mm-hmm. hey, I wasn't doing anything in this account. I just want to make sure it's legit. Um, maybe you can help. Maybe you can help me out, and likely they'll just reset your password for you in that specific area, you know, and just double check everything that's going on. Exactly. Um, one other quick thing is when you do get those uh, emails that ask you to log in at Dropbox or log in at DocuSign, and it launches a web page. Um, if you look up in your URL bar, it's never actually going to be dropbox.com or DocuSign. It's going to be some absolute nonsense. Um, It's going to look crazy. But when you get redirected to a page and it's asking you for your email information, um, just look at the URL bar. And if it's not, you know, Microsoft.com, Google.com, something you know, um, it's anything out of the ordinary. Um, Take a beat and 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 run it by your IT staff, or um, just just exit on out because uh, that's that's another good way to tell there's really no way to spoof that kind of stuff so uh another another good place to check if you're not sure about something and another way i I imagine would be if you get something from dropbox that looks suspicious just don't click on anything just go to dropbox.com go to you know google you know google.com microsoft whatever you need to do Mm -hmm. just go just type it in yourself don't click on anything you'll be prompted if there's a legit issue right exactly Excellent. This is great. Uh, this has been super helpful. Anthony, as always, it's a pleasure talking with you. Thanks for all the, the fun yeah. tips. And uh, uh, hopefully this will make some uh, folks real educated on what to do when they receive that nasty gram. <laughs> I hope so. Thanks, Jason. Thanks so much. And I'll talk to you soon. All right. Take it easy.